This week, ladies and gentlemen, on Reliving the Extreme, we will be discussing the star of this show, Mr. Chad Austin's <laughs> first televised appearance on ECW TV against Jimmy Snuka. We're going to get there, but first, welcome everyone to Reliving the Extreme. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother, Aaron. Hello. And of course, Chad is also here with us. How's it going, Chad? I'm still nursing my wounds. From that match, <laughs> I am too. I, I'm feeling for you watch, having watched that match. I'm nursing my own wounds at this point. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the notes that I got, and I'm looking how far down the the match that I had with was on the show, and I was trying to go like, well, maybe I was the semi main, and then I look, well, no, maybe I was the attraction match. No, that was um intermission. No, here's the um, well, there's the guy that put the ring up. I saw him wrestle before, after me. So I was right around, like, one of the first two matches. And, like, on the show. And that no good, lousy son of a bitch, Joey Styles, didn't even mention your your match in his intro, either. He went, he went over every single match except yours, that son of a bitch. Underlining heat, man. <laughs> <laughs> Joey had it in for me from the beginning. Oh, my God. All right, folks, we are reviewing the episode of ECW from October the 19th, 1993 this week. And before that, I do want to encourage you, please do follow us on Twitter at Reliving Extreme and join our Facebook group. Aaron just gave away free shit on our Facebook yes. group this past week to a lucky winner. Who was the winner of your tournament? Uh, John Wilson. Don Wilson or John Wilson? John I think, I think it was Baron Von Maxson. <laughs> I think that's who wins his tournaments. <laughs> John Wilson happens to have the same address as Aaron. Go of figure. Course. Go figure. <laughs> free free shipping, though. It's free Are you shipping. sure it wasn't Jim Wilson, the guy from the 2020 thing? <laughs> or John Stossel? Or Rick Wilson? Oh, wait. <laughs> He's dead. All right. Anyway. <laughs> We start off here October 19th, 1993, with a, a little snippet from a promo we're going to see later on from Polly Dangerously about starting his new Dangerous Alliance. There's going to be an angle going on here mid-ring, and then Joey Styles runs down the uh, the show, what's going to be on the show, excluding the Chad Austin match. Well, how, what did you think about that? Because obviously that was something that didn't really last a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. Did you did you think that was cool? Did you like that the way that Joey I liked Stiles it? Was gonna... I did. Yeah, yeah. Little little hype up, you know, to to get you hyped up for the show. What you're going to see on the show instead of just the cold open or the video with Ivan Koloff in it, and then Jay Sully. You know, I thought it was cool. It was a cool addition to the show. It was, and and it wasn't Eddie Gilbert handing him just trinkets that he found laying around the fucking studio. <laughs> right, right, yeah. The paper clips. <laughs> Here's some licorice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought it was all right. I, I thought that it was probably the first time he did it, so I could see the, uh, some room for improvement. But I, I kind of liked it in a sense. But the way they the way they do the TV, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. So it's kind of hard to follow their format because I'm not even sure that that the show went off the way they said it was going to go off. I mean, At, it, it well, there's there's a match there's a match early or later on in the show. We'll get to it, but there's a match later on in the show. Where they hype up a match for next week, and then they air it on the show, or they air, they air some of it on the show. But uh, yeah, I we got will. A note about that, I know exactly where you're going. We will cross that bridge when we get to it. First, we get, and uh, I didn't mean this to dog them. I just wrote down public enemy dumpster promo. 
Um, wasn't wasn't trying to allude to the fact that their uh, their promo was trash or anything, but they they cut a small promo on Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka in front of a dumpster, and that's what we roll into, guys. Public Enemy versus Tanaka and Diamond. Well, I wrote on paper it. This looks bad because um, it, it looks bad for several reasons because they, they don't know that there's there's probably going to be an angle involved in this at some point, right? So they're working like Paul and Pat are working like it's an independent show match, you know, and it's not don't have like the heat behind it. And I was just like, that's why on paper it looked bad. If they would have if Paul would have knew where he was going then and said, look, this is what I need a little bit of fire. I need you. I need you to shine up, you know, Johnny and and, and Rocco. And, you know, they could have got they could have gotten legs out of this. But I just don't think they realized where they were going to go yet, because. The way Paulie book stuff, he probably didn't plan on not paying Diamond and Tanaka, you know, until later on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not, I mean, I mean, not not paying them, <laughs> not telling them I'll give you, not saying you'll have your money by then, but going, I don't have your money. And then, then he fucks him later on down the road. I don't think he planned on it happening coming as quick as it did. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of. Kind of the same thing. Like my notes on the match. First of all, it was too long. Like the, well, I guess yeah. the match was, it was it was too long. And there was, I wrote down, indie goofy comedy and kind of boring. Like it, it, like Chad said, it was just it was like an indie an indie match. Like they weren't wrestling. Like they were they were trying to get anywhere with the match. You know. They, that's they, what they, I. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, I was just gonna say that's what I had in my notes was that it was way too long. And then when. Uh, Pat Tanaka finally gets his first big tag. He comes in and he was like wholeheartedly expecting people to pop and cheer for him. And he gets in there and does that shit. And everybody's just looking at him. And that kind of made me laugh. <laughs> they they did a classic. Not only was it a classic independent spot, it's it even has a name for it. They did they did a classic Tennessee spot. Have you ever heard what the Tennessee spot is? No. The Tennessee spot is like when, you, like on a, on a regular g- generic indie show, they lock up, the heel will hip toss the baby face, mm-hmm. and and then he showcases and brags and brags. They lock up, and then the ba- the heel arm drags the baby face. Baby face goes like, "Wow, you know that's not bad. Okay, good." Then they circle around. Heel gets over, and then they lock up again, and then the the heel body slams the baby face. And then when the baby face was gets tired of the showboating, on the next lockup, they set up the spot where the baby face does all three spots to the heel in one spot. It becomes the hip toss, arm drag, body slam. Mm-hmm. And he did it to both Tanaka and Diamond. Like <laughs> so he had like the East Coast, West Coast Tennessee spot. He was in Knoxville <laughs> on Tanaka and he drove all the way to Memphis for a diamond. So I'm, I was just like, that's a classic that was a classic Tennessee spot. And that's so like Indie. Mm-hmm. It's like this, that. That was when I got my, my whole when I when I realized this was indie riffic. And but I thought I thought physically Diamond looked all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he did a couple of decent moves that I didn't think he was going to even try. And Tanaka, I never expected anything out of Tanaka from the beginning. So anything he did in that match to me was a bonus. <laughs> that he even he even does like like these uh those of you watching along will know what I'm talking about, but him and uh him and um Ted Petty do a silly little karate, you know, kicking spot with the leg sweep and just lots of uh I don't know, 
goofy, goofy stuff in this match that, again, like we said, with, with an angle coming up, if, if the, if the, if the, uh, if Tanaka and Diamond would have been keen to it, they may have wrestled a different match with these guys, you know, for sure. Um, they would have just known, like, where this was going. Mm-hmm. Um, I have down here also, um, I guess this would have been the spot that Aaron was talking about. All I, all I put is hot tag, not a hot crowd. That's what I put. Yeah, they, did not, uh, they did not give a shit. No. Aaron said they just looked at Pat Tanaka. Like, hey, that's, yeah. that's the Orient Express guy. Look at him standing there in his pajamas. Which um, guy was the Orient Express guy? Pat Tanaka or Paul Diamond? Hey yo! <laughs> there was like, wait a minute, the other guy's the Orient Express guy because his buddy's going, "Hey, that's the guy from the Orient Express." And then his buddy goes, "No, that's the guy from the Orient Express." <laughs> and overall, uh, an indie finish to this one too. I I think that also during this match, I noticed, and if you guys think I'm, if you guys think I'm off base, but Joey. This match wasn't doing Public Enemy any favors because as the match is going on, Joey is selling Public Enemy as this as this um, rough and tough, hardcore tag team. But his commentary in the match does not match up with what we're seeing in the match from these guys, if what I'm saying makes sense. No, you're right. I can't believe these guys made parole to get here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> really? He just got... Hit tossed by Pat Tanaka or, or, or whatever. Yeah, they played footsie and then he tripped him. Yeah. Yeah, where are these street toughs that, I, that you're trying to have me believe? And how are they taking them out like yesterday's garbage? When yeah, they, they can't even like they can't even like finish a get over in a spot with them. Anything else on this one, guys? Aaron? Um, just that I know losing the uh, the star power of like a Glenn Osborne and Larry yeah. Winters. And the Super D's means you got to bring in new stars and try to build talent. And I understand that, but bad company is not that. It's like when Vince lost Hogan, man. I'm telling you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's right up there. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was shocked that they put over bad company in the sense that from the way that the, the Bob Ortiz kept announcing how much time was going, was elapsed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he said, Two minutes and 46 seconds has gone by. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, what, you know, it was like, you know, it was. What are we working? We work in Kenny Omega thing. I was going to say, we work in the drive-thru <laughs> at McDonald's. We're keeping, we're keeping that good a time here. <laughs> and, um, and, but yeah, I, I would have thought they would have went to a time limit draw just based upon knowing how long they stretched this out till. They stretched this out till December. <laughs> you know, this program lasted until holiday hell. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't believe that they 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 already beat Public Enemy that quick. I don't, I didn't see like what the logic was. You know, yeah, a tiny little draw would have been much more suffice to me. At Johnny Grunge accidentally hits Rocco Rock, and uh, then and the other thing I noticed, I know I keep harping on this match, and we're going, but Paul Diamond after after pretty much after his last tag into the match, and he starts getting his heat back on the heels or whatever, completely stops selling the leg that he was selling for the majority of the match. I noticed that too, but um, overall, there's just too much of that in wrestling, just period. mm -hmm. And the problem is because the guys aren't given enough time. Yeah. That's how they, that's how you end that. Instead of just bitching about it and going, why, why didn't Darby Allen sell that ankle more Wednesday night? Why? Because the match was only given seven minutes Mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean? How much, what can you do? What can you do? You have to sell the entire match. 
Um, so that happened. And then Sal Balomo's not gone yet because he's in the playground. Yes, why was, this, a, why was a, this so long? <laughs> we, get a fright, we get a frightening glimpse into the madness that is Big Sal the pedo. This is how he gets his gets his children to, to trust him, and then he you, you don't want to see what happened when the camera went off. That's all I, I can. I don't say. think that were they were his kids. The, no, no, they were alluding to they were alluding to the fact that they were his kids, but I don't think they were his kids. No, like when, when, yeah. I, I I couldn't have popped any bigger when I don't know whose idea it was to put on the graphic that it was. They say that it was Sal Blomo's home movies. Yeah, like like somebody leaked them out like it was the Hogan tape, like. <laughs> And get, and somebody called Paul and go. Guess what I got? What's that? I got Sal Blomo home movies. I'm oh, gonna, yeah, I'm a gonna, I'm a gonna sue TMZ. I'm a gonna <laughs> sue TMZ. You're gonna have a me with the kids. Because uh. at one point, didn't the kids try to turn heel on him? Yeah, they tried to take his glasses and his hat. Yeah. <laughs> but this is kids, all. The, even the kids that don't like a Blomo. <laughs> this is uh this is like two and a half minutes of just footage of Sal Balomo playing with random kids in a random with fair creepy ass, or a random with, uh park in Philadelphia. With, with creepy ass piano music over it. It's like yeah. this is creepy. <laughs> this did, did is you ever creepy. See, like I I don't know if the shows they've aired previously had them, but some of the shows that aired, like the regular ones that I have, like Todd used to do like um a show like once a year for this kids' charity group. Mm-hmm. And he would run an ad for it during the show, and in one of the in one of the clips of the, of the commercial, they would have the Sandman sitting there with a kid, like like you know laughing and like joking with him. You know what I mean? I think that was footage from like that year's like picnic. It was because it's the way mm-hmm. that Paul, it, that Todd did it. He'd put a ring up in a park somewhere, and of course he would he would spend he would spare no expense and bring it in talent like um hot body Stetson. Chris Michaels and the Super Destroyers, and and that, maybe old. maybe that maybe that football guy we saw the barbecue with Eddie Eddie Gilbert a few months ago, whatever his name was, Thunderfoot or some shit. <laughs> anyway, well, that I thought we brought this up on the show before because because Gilbert worked one of them shows. Then we get yeah. over there. Yeah, that was they, they featured that on a show. Like that was yeah. remember that was like the majority of the show the one time that we watched. It was just terrible. Sal's like running around, like <laughs> plotting, running around this parking lot or this this parking lot, this park, going down the slide. He's on the carousel. <sighs> the little car that has the spring underneath the yeah, yeah, he Carol. was on the, the springy car thing. This was this was a debacle, folks. It's inappropriate. <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah, all, all, I wanted, all I wanted to see was a certain tape trader from uh, Pennsylvania co- show up in the background. <laughs> uh, what the RF are you talking about? Uh, the <laughs> so <laughs> we don't get worry, a, everything's fine. I'm just we, kidding. <laughs> we get a cry on at the end here. This says, "Get well soon, Sal, from your friends at ECW." Yeah, get and well they also. Soon, Sal. Um, I also forgot to mention it said, Daddy, we love you. At the beginning of the video, it says, Daddy, we love you. We don't need a TV star for a father. We just need a daddy. You're like, well, don't worry, kids. You don't have a TV star for a father. Yeah. So you're good. It's, it's a good thing you didn't. Down. It's a good thing it wasn't right around Christmas where you were wishing for a, a, um, a TV star for a father. Because, well, because you got Sal Belomo. 
He wasn't even a <laughs> playground star. I thought one of them kids kicked him in the shit. Yeah, that was that. That was funny. That was just a good waste of time. Mm-hmm. Cause, I mean, because they obviously they were, they were setting up the um the next spot. I mean, yes, the next match. Here we go, folks. <laughs> it is Chad Austin versus Superfly Jimmy Snuka on ECW and. Uh, Chad, you you started talking about this show or this match one time on one of our We Can't Wrestle podcast episodes. That was the one, if you guys remember, where my computer crashed while we were doing the show. So that was fun. And we never got to finish the story, so I guess we'll get the whole story well, of Chad Austin's, <laughs> Chad Austin's match with Jimmy Snuka here on ECW TV. I mean, I actually, I, I remember doing the show with you guys. I forgot about the computer crashing. But I was actually going to what they call lay out for this and just get roasted. That's what I had like pretty much written down. Like, I'm just going to sit here and just take the beating. Um, that that was it was my worst match ever. The worst match I was ever in. Well, and it was it was just for several reasons. Like, I looked I couldn't have. There's no way you could have made me look any worse in that than in that match. You know, because like I, 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 was, I came from dinner just re, just a little couple minutes ago or an hour ago. And I was telling Jessica about how today was just me and Snooker match. And I was like, they're going to kill me over this, right? And and she kn- she knows Jimmy Snooker and the big super fly leap. And me going, all right, Mr. Snooker, I'm working you tonight. And I can't wait. I mean, for the super fly splash. And uh, he goes, ah, oh, no, brother. I was like, okay, TV match. You know, probably going to wrestle later. And he goes, I was like, oh, headbutt from the middle rope. No, brother. All right, well, you're going to give me at least a leapfrog, leapfrog chop. No, brother. And I literally said, how are you going to beat me? Suplex, brother. (laughs) I said, you're going to beat me with a suplex? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I was just like, oh. Obviously, you could tell that I was, I was, I couldn't wait to get out there. Right, yeah, yeah. How exuberant were you about that? That was about the extent of me and him talking over our match. I, I mean, I, everything he did to me, he didn't even have to call. Yeah, yeah. The 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 thing, the couple of notes that I put was, how long is Jimmy just going to fuck with his boots and just make you stand there and wait for him to start, you know, doing whatever? Like he's just fucking with his boots, and then jaw jacking the referee. The kick to the stomach looked like it probably hurt a little bit. He was a little snug on that well, one. Nothing, nothing hurt. Oh really? That that kick to the I, th- I thought that kick to the stomach he gave you looked kind of snug to me. Well, maybe but. it hurt my pride. <laughs> you guys just couldn't. You guys just couldn't see it. <laughs> God, I felt like the biggest putts laying there because I'm, I'm laying there thinking like I know this is bad, so I don't even have to wait to see this because mm-hmm. I feel like how long have I been laying here for mm-hmm. him to walk around the ring and, and adjust his wrist tape? Yeah, and, you know, and jaw jack, and I'm like. You, you gave me a little punch to the midsection, or whatever, or whatever. Like, come on, man! It was it was embarrassing, and I don't know. I hope. Um, I mean, I think I did. I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but I thought I did a great job of hitting the ropes. <laughs> when, I also when, when Snooker threw me in, and I kind of sprung off them ropes. <laughs> I also put he obviously didn't give a shit about your well being when he <laughs> dropped you on that power bomb. That was oh, a yeah, dick that was move. Class. That, was a, that was a dick move. <laughs> um, Aaron, any uh, your your notes on Chad's match here? I just I, I just um, was watching, going, God damn, Jimmy Snuka, what a 
been an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I just put. Um, I can't believe there was no uh, no on screen introduction for the internationally known Chad Austin. I don't agree with that. Well, it did, um, it did air in in certain markets. There, I did uh, have I did have generic music. Uh, it was only in in the uh, Dundalk, Maryland market that there was an <laughs> alternate um, entrance. Yeah. Um, I pull. I wrote down what the fuck was with that powerbomb pile driver spot. Jimmy Snuka needs to go away. Like he just needs to leave. Like we don't. Nobody wants Jimmy Snuka in ECW anymore. Like he needs to just go away. I couldn't. I couldn't have taken that buckle any harder either. Based upon uh, how far I had to run without yeah. his pushing me, like I'm like, how hard should I hit this buckle? Because he he didn't he didn't like because that's a big ring right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know he should have gave me two steps out or a two and a half steps out push but he kind of just brought me out of the corner and set me on my way and I'm I'm thinking like how hard should I hit the buckle as I'm just trotting across the ring <laughs> like I mean how hard did he really throw me that I you know and I was like fuck it I mean I've already gotten killed here so I might as well mm-hmm. hit the buckle pretty fucking hard. <laughs> Oh my god, it was a shame. And well, Jimmy I don't, Smith. Even, I don't ahead, even remember the I I didn't even I couldn't even believe that he gave me a slingshot suplex where he took the bump with me. Because I don't even remember that. I thought he just picked me up like the power bomb and walked out from underneath of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't even know that he uh the the actual slingshot spot so where he would have had to have gotten up to put his foot on me. Yeah, the slingshot was uh that's the finish, folks. The slingshot suplex. By Jimmy Snooker on Chad Austin. I couldn't get my foot up. I mean, I couldn't get my shoulder off the mat with his foot on me. <laughs> yeah, J- Jimmy Snooker. Jimmy Snooker. He uh, he's moved into the uh, like Kevin Sullivan, Abdullah the Butcher mode <laughs> land here. Just of just doesn't need to be around. Needs to go away. Yeah, go away. I'm just glad Joey Styles called me one of the young lions here in ECW. <laughs> I didn't notice he, that. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't put you over at the beginning of the show, but he put you over in this in this segment. Well, I, well, he had to do something because look, it was just burying me out there. <laughs> like, like they always say, like if you talk if you talk shit about your opponent in a promo, when you say he's worthless, then when you beat him, who did you beat? Right. So, at least Joey Styles is going. Chad's a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's 100%, whatever. Just not tonight. Well, that was that. Jim, Jimmy Snooker, Chad Austin, and uh, Jimmy not uh, not not being very nice. Here, I'll put that politically. Um, next, Jay Sully is still around, and he is in the, in the ECW newsroom here, um, which I assume is supposed to be like their event center or something. I don't know. I don't know, but with his big stupid glasses and everything, he looks worse. He looks worse <laughs> than he's ever looked. Damn. Uh, bad penny Sully. Bad Penny Sully. That's what I'm going to start calling it. Fucker always keeps showing up. He's a bad penny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he well, don't even know that he don't work there. <laughs> <laughs> he's just filming stuff at his house. He just and shows Paul's, up. And Paul's yeah. just wondering like, how, how he's going to fill a few minutes. 
It's like the guy at the on the office space that has been off the payroll Milton. for two. Yeah, Milton. He's been off the payroll for two years and still keeps coming to work every day. Yeah, so now I, I, I'm not. I could have. I could have just said whatever. I even. I even stole the line out of um Oscar and uh, Ember Moon from like Takeover from like five years ago, where they said that you're going to wrestle Ember Moon at Takeover, and Oscar said she's still working. Because <laughs> I, I literally wrote, "Sully's still working." Stuck <laughs> Sully's still working. <laughs> Uh, he he's discussing um, Polly dangerously, and his, the new dangerous alliance um, is Mister Sully. We go to an interview with Joey Styles and Paulie in the ring with Shane Douglas, which they're now referring to Shane Douglas as the franchise, not what was it, superstar Shane Douglas. So fabulous one, wasn't it? Yeah, the fabulous, the fabulous Shane, Shane Douglas. Yes, that was it. Um, Shane's referring to himself now as the franchise. Ollie introduces the new director of covert operations for the Dangerous Alliance, replacing Medusa, of course, Sherry Martell. But this doesn't go down the way that Polly expects it to go down, I guess, as the... Uh as Sully gives his, um, he's so weaselly. Like <laughs> watching him on the thing talking about Polly and getting his comeuppance and all that. It's like, you know what, Sully, you're a little weasel, or a big weasel, a big faced weasel. But um, that's when we go back. Sully takes us back into this interview, and uh, Polly introduces Sabu as another new member to the Dangerous Alliance. But Douglas has an issue with that, as he did not quote unquote consult with Polly on that situation, and it breaks down. For Polly, why, why do you think? I mean, maybe I, let me rephrase this. Polly had to have a reason why he obviously it was to get Sabu away from Hunter P, P, P. U. Robbins <laughs> and and manage him. But why do you think he thought that it'd be interesting to have a an angle with um Shane and Sabu about him not being happy about it? Like that that soon in the inception of Dangerous Lions. Do you guys mm-hmm. have a theory on that? Like, but I actually have on my notes that this although although the players i think are better etc etc this feels like an aew angle because and the reason i say that is because in one night you've 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 already done a and b in the whole angle you you know what i mean like there's it just feels so rushed you know like cody and mjf should have been a year-long thing and it was three two three months and that's where that's how I feel about this. It feels like it should have strung out a little longer. What, it, literally ten minutes after they tell you they're business partners, now they don't want to be business partners anymore. Yeah, and how many times are they going to bring Sherry out? Like, how many times <laughs> does she have to audition for this job? I don't. Like, she, she's been introduced since Freddie Gilbert was still around. They, they just keep bringing her out to manage people, and it's like, oh well, of course they, they keep bringing in Sherry. I, I just thought and it was I just thought and it each was time, And each time they act like she hadn't been there before. Mm-hmm. There's like, oh, Sherry Martell's here. They're like, well, kind of old hat now. I mean. <laughs> I'm surprised Joey didn't say rumor has it that she lives in Philadelphia now. <laughs> to save Paul the money on trans. That's why you're going to see her for a few months. <laughs> but I just thought it was weird, like. Why did they went all out to tell you about the new Dangerous Alliance? Unless it's the way Paul booked the angle to make it seem like it was going to be big things popping, little things stopping. And then, Mm. you know, he just decided he was going to squash it all in one angle. I don't know. I just thought, like you said, it was A and B all in the same segment. Mm -hmm. And so we get uh, 
Shane doesn't want Sabu to be in this dangerous alliance, apparently. And then Sherry, I mean, <laughs> regardless of what we just said about uh, Sherry <laughs> and her, the way she's being booked, as always, she's great in this segment, lighting Polly up and giving him the business as only Sherry can. But yeah, Sherry definitely, does. definitely very rushed. Um, but yeah, she's screaming at Polly and trying to slap him around. And then we kind of cut to um, now this one. I have something here about Willie Scoop Watts. Unless you guys have something more on that in-ring segment. I didn't want to cut anybody no. off. No, I, I just I just like the way that when Paul E. realized everything went south and he went from calling Sherry like the greatest and hottest um, like female wrestler of all time, he started calling her a broad. Broad, yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, that fucking ship has sailed. Now I'm a fucking heel and you're a broad. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> that kind of was funny to me. Like, Jesus. Uh, um, so now we go back to, or we go back to Jay Sully, who uh, tells us that the Dangerous Alliance is, is in a no press allowed room having of an course. argument. Of course they are. And, uh, but Maddie in the house, man, is Maddie Cam. Aaron's shaking his head. I couldn't wait for Maddie to start appearing more often because of Aaron's disdain for Maddie in the house. I'm shaking my head because I'm reading my notes as well. <laughs> Maddie in the house is over here with uh, the illegitimate son of Bill Watts, Willie Watts. <laughs> oh, I mean, wow, I mean. I, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I, I don't know Mr. Watts personally, but I don't think Bill Watts has a black illegitimate <laughs> If he did, he'd probably, WCW would still be around. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Scoop Watts is the name of this character who is, is as awkward as shit standing in front of this doorway. Yeah, I, I, and, I can't wait to find out who this guy is. <laughs> Some, somebody, we have to dig this up and find out I, who the hell. Who, who do you think he is? Oh. <laughs> I told you who I think he is. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm just telling you. If that ever got out. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, you think he was somebody who just worked there? Probably, yeah. Probably a, a, a grip or something, you know, just a camera guy or something like that. Just some dude. <laughs> your name's Willie Scoop Watts. What's your name, Willie? What's your last name, Watts? You got the scoop. You're Willie Scoop Watts. I, I didn't even want to entertain the thought that because of the last name. I, I was just like, I'm not even going to entertain the thought that it possibly I could I could insert a Bill Watts joke. I'm just like, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think that was his real name? No, that's doubtful. Know, there's something there, right? Uh, I'm going to have to do some research on this. I didn't have time today, guys. Sorry to find out the the scoop on Willie Watts, as it would be. <laughs> Willie's outside the... That, that's the best part of the show is... You, you said it could have been Bill Watts as illegitimate. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Oh my god, you're killing me with that one. The name of the the name of this show: Paternity Test. That's going to be the name of this show. <laughs> so Willie is outside the Dangerous Alliance's locker room as they are arguing inside, and he he 
I understood what he was trying to say, but he says, and I quote, I can't go in there because of my own personal health. <laughs> what does this guy have the flu? Well, maybe Bill Watts was in there. <laughs> It could have been ugly. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Hearing anything else on this segment? Yeah, no. I mean, we, we talked about this at length, about how the doors are just doors. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing going on. And at one point, when he does open the door, you hear Paulie go, Sherry, there's no reason to get physical. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm expecting to believe that, that Sabu's in that room. And I don't hear, like, the walls caving in. Like, and, you know, how? no wonder Shane didn't want to have Sabu around in the group. Because, you know, Shane wants to sit around and talk strategy, like, you know, whatever. And you got Sabu just throwing shit around. Like, right in the middle of, of, uh, of them planning their, their, their who strategy. Let him off his, who let him off his goddamn gurney? Yeah. He kept saying, keep him locked up. Keep him locked up. Like, because if he was in a locker room, he's just going to grab the, the table that they're, they're sitting at right now, and he's going to break it. Like no wonder Shane doesn't want him around. Yeah, that 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 was just a weird. That the whole entire thing was, let's. Uh, here's what I think it may have been. Paul had an idea, and then he had a better idea. Yeah. <laughs> How about I just run with Sabu? Definitely got him on. Oh, I I didn't even mention that, but we definitely have the official. You know, like we've been talking about, we got we got this guy away from Hunter Q. Robbins. By the way, didn't mention that. I don't know that it needed to be mentioned, but. You saw that happen this week too. No more Hunter Q with. No, uh, no we have Hunter Q, but not with not Sabu. with Sabu. <laughs> with well, after, his, his, his staples. After the scoop segment here, Maddie in the house is standing by with Jason Knight, who is now just Jason. That's terrible. It's awful, and uh, this was awful. And <laughs> he says. Who are you going to be managing in ECW? I'm going to be managing to wear this suit perfectly, or whatever the hell he said. It was so dumb. No, I uh, like I liked everything that Jason did. Jason, yeah, was, Jason's awesome. Jason was doing his gimmick. It was Maddie that every question he asked him, and Jason avoided. He goes, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know that that's, that's silly. You know, he's like he he's like he's like if DDP got brain damage. Oof. That's Again? what Matt. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you can get it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Maddie will be. If it was, it's just Maddie is just terrible. He's annoying, and it's not. He he doesn't even serve a purpose. Like you know, yeah, was Sully great at his job? No, but he served a purpose. Nope. Like he had a reason. Whether it was a good reason, he had a reason for being there. Maddie serves no fucking purpose. Except he no. probably got Paulie good cope. That's the only thing he does. Yeah, I, I just wrote bad. I didn't even I didn't even want to go much further than to say that I like I thought Jason did a, did a good job, yeah. and, but then it was bad. But I, I just couldn't wait to get past the next fucking segment. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> the next segment is the um, <clears throat> ECW Tag Team Champions. Johnny Hotbody and Tony Stetson against the Sandman. <laughs> I actually have. I don't. I didn't get. I didn't have a name, but I actually have. They have to have some kind of gimmick about their do rags written down here. So <laughs> we were on the same wavelength. Terry Funk is in Sandman and JT Smith's corner for this. Um, all right, take it away, Aaron. I, I, I was going to ask Aaron before a couple seconds ago about this match. That um, you know how we were always goofing about how many tag team tournaments they had to have a champion. They never have a champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they have a tag team tournament during the last commercial break? 
<laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's they have they have all, they have these pointless tag team title tournaments, and then the one time they have champions that remain champions for more than a night, they didn't even have a turn tournament to crown champions. They just handed them to them like they were a Happy Meal toy, and they didn't even have yeah. belts. No body and Stetson didn't even have belts. Like I just thought, like wh- when was this? When was this tournament they won? And was it just a couple of hours ago? But I couldn't wait Man. to get through this. I I I like the funk outside thing, and then mm-hmm. I just wrote that was the positive. Stetson hot body versus Sandman JT with funk outside slash yeah. this can't be good. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, because what well, that could it just couldn't be good. Because Sam Sandman's a reckless dude, and JT blows stuff. You know, he blows up shit better than AEW does with the rings. He blows <laughs> shit up, and. I was just like this. This is the, this is just reeks of indie wrestling. Mm-hmm. Just the way it was all booked, I, you know. But I like Funk being there, and the spot they did I thought was great with Funk. Yeah, um, <clears throat> the <clears throat> the tagged like we've 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 de- we've mentioned on the show here before in the in the past few weeks that we were uh, we were all fans of Tony Stetson's new look that he's got, and and it's kind of his new little attitude. But putting him up with Johnny Hotbody was not. Not good for Tony because I don't like them as a team at all. Um, they did stupid things during this match, like the the whole spot where they they were conversing in the corner, and then they just essentially let Sandman make the hot tag. They didn't even well, fight thing, the hot good, tag. Good thing that Paul caught that in post and, and, <laughs> yeah. and made Joey Styles cover up that because mm-hmm. that was bad. Yeah, it was it was pretty crappy. Um, Aaron, anything on the match in particular from you before we get to the after match angle? Um, not really. It's just that it was, it was what it was and nothing really happened in it. And, um, the outcome was dumb. I mean, I know you're going to tell the people what happened and then I'll tell you why I think that's dumb. Well, Sandman, um, sorry, Sandman winds up, uh, outside the ring, getting knocked out of the ring onto JT Smith and Terry Funk, which angers Mr. Funk. And and Terry Funk decides he wants to whack the Sandman with a chair, and uh, then I don't know why he got said, disqualified. Yeah, Sandman that's what, that's, what I was disqual- about that's what's dumb. That's what's dumb. The angle isn't dumb, but so Sandman gets hit with a chair from a guy from outside the ring, and then they tell him he loses the match. <laughs> it was. I have the same thing written down. How did how I did Sandman lose? <laughs> yeah, I, I like the funk. I I, I I like the funk thing. Oh, I liked it too. I liked everything except the fact that Sandman was the guy that got clocked with the chair, and then he got DQ'd. That makes but no did sense. They, did they ever announce that over mm-hmm. the air? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, they, the announcer said that they were disqualified. It wasn't just Joey Styles. No, it was Bob Ortiz said the winners okay. of the match by disqualification. Okay, because that's in hot body. I thought maybe that that didn't happen. And they just rewrote the, the history. You know what I mean? Okay, mm-hmm. but yeah, if you if you heard it, then I believe you. Yeah, that was silly. But the the uh, the thing with Funk and the Sandman, the little angle there, was effective. Um, so now we go to this is where we said earlier. They said next during this match. They said next week, next week, next week. JT Smith's going to get a shot at Shane Douglas in the ECW title. Well, it's not next week. It's a segment they show later that week <laughs> on the show. And um, we're showing the final moments of Shane Douglas and JT Smith. Apparently during the match, Douglas had been working over the leg. JT Smith's working a leg injury. Terry Funk throws in the towel for JT Smith. And yeah, JT remind, Smith. Remind me to never have Terry Funk as the guy in my fucking corner. <laughs> Jesus. He, 
He turns gave up on him. like he's waiting for the bartender to give him his next beer. Let's say gave up, gave up on the kid quick, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and JT throws the towel back to Terry Funk, which I thought was fun. I thought that was cool. <laughs> like, no, what? Well, that's what the baby face would have done. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And then uh, Funk's not happy with that either. He berates JT. And then starts beating his ass with his boot. And uh, go ahead, guys. Oh. Heel Terry Funk is the my favorite Terry Funk. So I'm glad we're getting the yeah. But this is not crazy. A heel Terry Funk. It's not. It's not. It doesn't turn out to be heel Terry Funk. It turns out to be he wants to mentor JT Smith Terry Funk, and JT blows it by quitting. So therefore, it becomes. I mean, I I know because hanging out with JT there, I know what the angle was supposed to be. Funk was supposed to mentor JT Smith, and he would have probably been the original Tommy Dreamer. Well, I was about to say, I didn't know that, so that's why that's why it morphed over to Tommy. Okay, see, I did. I never knew that. A couple of weeks ago when they were talking on the mic about Terry mentoring JT Smith, I said, oh, this will eventually get transferred over to Tommy Dreamer. I didn't know it was because JT quit. Yeah, JT just gave a notice and just rolled the hell out after they started the angle, so I guess by proxy, Terry, they had to use the footage and, and, and assume that Terry was a heel. Because mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think there was any uh, any payday to that. You know, not Cole even, not, okay. Well, I guess we will find out as the weeks roll on. Um, overall, I liked all this stuff, though, other than, like Aaron said, the little disqualification snafu, which may have even just been a snafu. I don't know. Hindsight 2020. Up next, to end the show, we have... Tommy Dreamer making his in-ring ECW debut against the Tasmaniac. Tommy, <laughs> when they start the match, I wrote Tommy and the hip toss hop because he does he does the he does the little hip toss and then the hop afterwards that you know you see so many times from he's so green in this match by the way. Um, well, there, oh, there there was five letters that I couldn't wait to write down on this, so I know when I go back and I look at this this notebook like 20 years from now <laughs> i will still chuckle at it and them letters are i w c c w this match was right out of parsippany new jersey at any savoldi show that featured curly mo um but it couldn't have featured zip zang and zap or whatever because johnny grunge was in a match earlier but it could have had, had the undertaker's Vic Steamboat, yeah. I, I just couldn't wait to go, oh, IWCCW. <laughs> did you hear that, not to get ahead, but you hear the guy at the end of the match? Like, as the show was closing? Like, even as it was fading out, a guy literally goes, go back to the Savalas, you fucking bum. Oh, <laughs> As Tommy's walking out, he says it. Like, Tom, like they're doing, like, like the three guys are cheering for him, and they're acting like, like Joey's like, oh, Tommy Dreamer. He's an upstanding guy, and you hear a guy go back, go back to the Savonis, you fucking Jesus, bum. <laughs> so you, so you wish hunger and despair and uh, homelessness <laughs> on Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> I, I didn't. Why somebody yell, Tony Rumble's hiring. <laughs> I, I didn't catch that. I'm glad you did that. That's yeah, uh, it was great because I couldn't believe I couldn't believe. I mean, not to jump too far ahead either, but. I, I kind of know what was going on at, at this time. Like, when Joey Styles was like, can you believe this? Tommy Dreamer is getting cheered kind of at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. And I remember being there, and I remember the reaction being like, no, he's not. Yeah, there were three guys. 
there were three guys standing up cheering Tommy Dreamer. Three. And they were acting like it's like a Ric Flair retirement match or something. <laughs> <laughs> It was just terrible. If Ric Flair ever retired on the same show that had a main event of Bad Company and Public Enemy, that, <laughs> that would have been the reaction. But yeah, I, I I didn't have a problem with this match. And that's only because, like I said, it was a total IWCCW match. Basic match. The spots weren't bad. And I I couldn't believe that they... they they started to get it towards the end. I mean, Aaron, did you did you see any of that? Like when they kind of spilled to the floor and stuff, and yeah, like they started getting like you know we needed to do something here. Like you know, they these people up off their asses. They're not with me, you know. I mean, they're not with us. Mm-hmm. And there was, I saw a little more of that a more aggressive stuff. There was a Sabu chant mid match, um, which Joey probably Stein. told. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say a sabu a sabu chant in mid match, which probably told Tommy and Taz everything they needed to know. These people are not behind this baby face. They want the other guy to come out. You know, so like you said, they were losing the crowd and they went to the outside. And go ahead, Aaron. You had something to say there. I was gonna say the other the one other note I have is that uh, at one point during the match, uh, Joey Styles says the Tasmaniac is a nasty looking little creature. <laughs> and he wonders how they they send him over to Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they put him in a shark cage and send him on a a cargo plane. Well, as, am I expected to believe that? As he's yelling at the crowd with his Brooklyn accent. <laughs> yeah, as he's as he's uh, trying to give birth to Hook. Yeah, that's some of that's crap. That's fucked up. But I mean, but again, like I said, um, Styles was Joey was really really trying to get. To, to get Dreamer over in this match mm-hmm. about being the young, you know, this young guy, young rookie, young rookie. And Tommy, I started in 92 and Tommy started in 89. So he only had a couple years on me. So it wasn't a whole lot of difference, but he probably worked more than I did, you know, in them couple years. So the match was fine. But again, we're going back to nobody knows what Polly wants. Like they mm-hmm. don't, they don't, you know, what's the old saying? You can't see the forest in the trees or whatever, mm-hmm. because Paulie's not saying, Hey, how about you go out there and rough it up a little bit, you know, <laughs> or, you know, or do something. So, it's like, it's a basic match, but the Taz did a couple of them cool ass throws. Right. So you tell me as a, you, you can put me in my place if you want, Chad, but not for me, not being a worker. I wrote I wrote in my notes here how green Tommy looked during this match. So you told me he de- he de- you said he debuted in '89 or he started in '89. That's what he claims. Uh, four years, four years in, shouldn't he be better than this? Like, am I wrong? Like, I'm just like he looked to me in this match like he'd only been wrestling for like six months. Like it just didn't he didn't click or something. I don't know. Well, or gotta, is it because is it because it. of who he was working with, or well, you got to look at it because um, uh, for him, him working being four years in the business, um, that doesn't mean that he's wrestling every single night or even once a week, right? Four years in the business could dwindle down to six months in a matter of just a calendar. That you've had this many matches in four years because okay. there wasn't territories in '91. Even though IWCCW was a thing, they weren't running, you know, they weren't even running three shows a week. Mm-hmm. Or it's like there's a month at the time. So there wasn't, and the work there was out there, all Dreamer's doing is working guys that are on the same level as him. So that's not going to help him. So, you know, that four year, like the same thing with me. 
the two years or whatever, the, the, the year and a half that I've been working when I got there, that could have only been, I may have only had six matches. Right. You know, before I, I, I you know, got there. So it's kind of hard to tell. You know, it, it's kind of like a skewed system of like, what, what are you going to do? Not not give Tommy credit for wrestling a battle royal in 89. <laughs> he was the first guy in, first guy out, but it was an 89. You know what I mean? What are you going right. to say? No, it didn't happen. <laughs> Sabu, or Sabu, Taz wins this match with a suplex off the top after Tommy gets crotched. We begin the story of Tommy and his nuts in ECW right here. It begins in his first ECW match as but he that loses. Was cool, yeah, yeah, no, it was a great spot and it was an awesome looking suplex too. Um, and Tasmaniac gets the victory. Overall, what do we think of the match, guys? Overall, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, and I think that the right guy they put the right guy over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, needed, there. Taz needed a. Taz needed a win after the Sabu thing from last yeah. week. Um, yeah. It also, it just makes, like, I don't know if Tommy would have gotten, like, maybe the character that they were trying to get with Tommy Dreamer doesn't need to win his first match, you know? He needs to be mm-hmm. the guy fighting from behind. Well, or the bum yeah. needs to go back to Savoldi. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great if that was the gimmick that they were trying to build for Tommy Dreamer. But we still got the tag team of Tommy Dreamer and Johnny Gunn to go. So before they even pretend like there's an idea for Tommy Dreamer, which there's no chance that Paulie's like, you're going to be this hardcore whatever guy. We still got a whole nother round on the merry-go-round of of, uh, of Tommy Dreamer and how he gets there, right? I mean, am I missing oh, yeah. something? No, yeah, we get them trying to do ECW's Z-Man. I mean, yeah. I guess is the best the best way to describe it, you know. Um, so uh, overall, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, I I just thought it was a basic match, not bad, and mm-hmm. I I really thought that 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 I mean that we were going to be seeing more Tommy Dreamer, just based upon Joey Styles's um, you know, commentary, and that even when even when Taz screwed him at the finish for the the the, the, the thing. You know, he he was like, I really thought Tommy had him. I really thought Tommy had him, you know? And I was like, okay, well, they really got something for Tommy. And then when they probably realized, well, it ain't going to be this. Right. You know, it's, yeah, that, that it was, it was good. It, I mean, it was really, it was really good for that time period and what it was. They didn't, they didn't know any better and there wasn't a measuring stick for ECW, yeah, I guess. Getting their, getting their, uh, their feet wet here, trying to get their, their legs under them. I guess you um, could say that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so overall, what did we think of the show as a whole, guys? I gave it a C plus. All right. Elaborate. I just, nothing other than that first first match being longer than what it needed to be. This is the first show where I watched the entire, like the whole show as an entire show. And other than Maddie, nothing offended me, you know, (laughs) like nothing was just like this, this, why am I watching this? Why did they put this on their show? Like nothing was just bad other than. Stupid ass Maddie in the house. Other than that, I mean, everything else was just, it was just a good, solid show, in my opinion. Well, good, good is subjective. Solid's another point. I, I agree with that. Nothing was wrong. Nothing was bad. Nothing was good at the same time on on my end. Um, maybe except for, nope, nothing was good. I don't have anything good. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm gonna get. A, I'm gonna give it a solid. I'm, I'm just trying to scan real quick and see if somebody's name just jumps out at me. And I go, okay, maybe it's not enough. Um, yeah, I'll give it a D minus. It's only because of the performance that uh, how great I made Slicker look. 
<laughs> and you I mean, did. You made him. You made him look like a monster. I mean, I'm serious. Like I wonder how many bookings I got. I, I got. I got snook after that match. <laughs> Promoters are calling from all over the world. Going, I saw what you did to that young upstart lion from ECW. We, we'd Me love you to come out to the Pacific Northwest. Chad Austin and myself were just TCB taking care of business, brother. Uh, yeah, you know, I could have been the Metal Maniac. <laughs> yeah. Well. Here's the preview, WWE Network's preview for next week's ECW. It'll be October 26, 1993. And uh, apparently we're going to get to see the the later that week match. Because on this edition of Eastern Championship Wrestling, Terry Funk joins the corner of JT Smith when he takes to the ring to challenge Shane Douglas for the ECW Heavyweight Championship. We've already seen the finish, but we're going to see the match next week, apparently. Shane Douglas and JT Smith for the ECW title. The public enemy make a statement at the expense of bad company. And here you go, Aaron. Sal Balomo returns to get even with the rock and rebel. Whoa. Sal has escaped the, the park and he's <laughs> headed back to the ECW arena. More like the and kids I, have escaped the park. Like, <laughs> and I hope Sal's still wearing that at get up. He was wearing at the park. Well, there's, there's no way. There, I, I can't, I cannot see them showing the whole match next week. JT that and might, uh, that Shane. Might be, that might be the teaser to get you to, to watch the show, but something happens in the match. Though. There's no way. Why would they do that? I, you know, mm-hmm. they just showed it. <laughs> You're on next week's show too, Chad. Oh, who, who I am just, I beating? I was just looking. It, <laughs> it is Chad Austin and Donnie Allen against Bad Breed next week. I'm the sex appeal this week. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, Herve. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Donnie found somebody better. Vamanos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, that being said, we will wrap up here. But again, want to remind everybody if you have not yet, follow us on Twitter at Reliving Extreme. Follow Chad at Chad Austin DeMera on Twitter. Check out Chad's video vault on the Facebook. Saw a few pictures from that today. Some Starcades. Um, Starcade 88. It's a good show. Um, and also check out Aaron's group, Trading Chops. That's a fun one too. It's not it's not necessarily a wrestling group, but lots of fun in that group as well. We got lots of interaction with the Reliving the Extreme podcast that you can join out there in podcast land i almost said radio land and podcast land anybody else want to plug anything else here while i'm I mean, doing it's, plugs all, it's always end? great just to have feedback like yeah for yeah. the fans that are on twitter and then they follow on the group i mean maybe they have if they watch along maybe they have suggestions and stuff that they saw that we didn't see or yeah. maybe they have some questions you know Listeners' Earth. questions aren't fucking, you know, they're not banned. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If if anybody knows anything about Willie Scoop Watts, hit me up. We'll share oh, it on the show. Man. I'm sure it ain't Mr. I'm sure it ain't Mr. Bill. <laughs> because, oh, you know what? Now that I realize the name of, his name is Willie Watts. Oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't even put that together until now. <laughs> oh yeah. The Paul, was Paul part of that cut? Yeah. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right, never mind. I I, I didn't even put two and two together because I've never said Bill Watts' name and called him William Willie. or Willie. <laughs> I just never thought of that. But now that he, I was just like, oh, my God, a black guy named Willie Watts. <laughs> it, just, 
It just came in there like an Oklahoma stampede, didn't it? It's gone, too. <laughs> like an Oklahoma tornado. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us again this week on Reliving the Extreme as we continue our journey through the history of ECW. And we will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks, guys. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Max and Out Media, all rights reserved.